For the first time ever, I am thrilled to say we have an official sponsor for the Dirk Talk podcast, and that's Ariat. I've worn Ariat boots on every job site I've visited over the years, traveling in them across five continents. More importantly, I have yet to find a single project where working folks, unlike me, are not wearing Ariat boots and workwear in every condition imaginable. And there's really good reason for that. And that's because it's phenomenal stuff. And the more I've learned about Ariat and the company, the more I've loved their brand. So with this, Ariat is offering any Dirt Talk listener 10% off their next Ariat order at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk. That's 10% off boots, jeans, and workwear at ariat.com slash Dirt Talk or at the link in this episode's description. With that, let's get to the show. Welcome back to the Dirt Talk Podcast Monday edition. I'm your host, Aaron Witt, on a mission to make the dirt world a better place. Joined by my co-host, Alex Horton. Hey, y'all. We were just discussing how to feature our partners on the internal podcast. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really figured it out yet, but we thought we would just start recording this podcast. You, you just said, how can we feature them on our internal podcast? This is for the world. How, how can we feature them on our Monday Dirt Talk episodes? There you go. Not there our internal go. podcast, because we just spent the past hour recording our internal podcast. Aaron and I have gotten to know each other very well in podcast form this week. It's, yeah, <laughs> this is number six yeah. and seven for you. Seven. I edited, I had to edit the podcast that came out yesterday twice. Yep. It's, you know, it's it's one of those weeks, everybody. Messed up the audio on the Marcus Sheridan podcast. We, we got we got it taken care of. We got it taken care of. And I got to do it twice to just like really hammer home those lessons. Uh-huh. Hopefully it wasn't too much editing on that one. No, I, I did like. it in the public parking lot, the second one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> there you go. Adapt and overcome. I was like, I can drive home and like try to make it happen before my eye, do- eye doctor appointment. I could just do it right here. I I do a, a large majority of my calls and work in my truck. Or just wherever I'm, because I travel so much. Mm-hmm. I've just learned to just do work wherever I am at any time. I feel like you have to, or else you're never going to get anything done. That's why I want one of those new uh, 2021 F-150s that has like the little workstation right on the the console. Man, that thing looks awesome. It's pretty sick. Yeah, it looks cool. I just have to make do with my my armrest. I just put I the run seat out of space real back. quick in the front seat. Like, yeah, I gotta like put my computer to the side. I don't. I don't have enough space. I take up too much. No, I, well, I, I, I put the seat all the way back, and then it gives me. And I then can, you, can, you can kick your feet up on the steering wheel. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> I don't even know if my feet would reach the steering wheel when the seat's already back. But I have, I have the whole armrest as like a table. Yeah, and it, it works super well. I mean, I've done everything in my truck at this point. Are those? Are the two buildbit trucks? Do they? have a bench seat in the front or is it like a, no, a solid car? I cannot stand bench seats. I think I just don't, I, I get it. They're practical because you can fit six people in your truck instead of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're driving around six people, if you're like a landscaping crew or something, I get it. But I think they're just super tacky and don't ever look good. And when I bought my first truck, that was one of the core things I did not want was a bench seat in the front. It definitely reminds me of like riding in trucks as a kid. I just feel like that was more common to see, you know, the bench seat in the front. 
but it was always like in a friend's dad's truck and it was a stick shift and then somebody's sitting in the middle and he's like reaching just to like change gears. Yeah. It was just kind of a mess. Not all that practical. Although you want. I would one day love an older truck that's just a single cab, like an old, old, old truck, single cab. I think that'd be a ton of fun. Single, you mean single cab bench seat? Yeah. Oh, just the, yeah, yeah, yeah. One row. Yeah. With like the 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 ten foot truck bed in the back, yeah. <laughs> Just throw the kids in the back, yeah. Haul them wherever you need, and the dogs, you know, throw whatever you need back there, uh-huh. and then you can go wherever you want to go. You can. Mm-hmm. You got to stay in country roads for that kind of work, but yeah, that's more of a you know. I eventually want a place in Montana. That's more of a a Montana vehicle. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a or you don't really have to register it. <laughs> yeah, and you can kind of drive pickup trucks at thirteen years old. No one cares. Mm-hmm. It's a different world. But in the city, probably not the most ideal rig out there. Uh, I was talking to my grandfather this past weekend, and he grew up like on a farm in Indiana. And he was driving into town when he was ten years old. He was he was, you know, he's my height. He's built a lot like me, but could pass for thirteen. <laughs> not that that was a legal age to drive either. But he, so he said, he said, "Well, I looked like I was 13. It's like, yeah, but that. Doesn't make it better. But he said he was driving farm equipment when he was seven or eight years old. Oh, yeah. No, I, I all these people that have just been in cities their entire life, I, I really, it's super frustrating that they kind of judge people for living like that out in the country. Yeah. Like, you, you, you have no idea. That's just how it is. That's, it's just a different way of life. Yeah. And I, I love that way of life. Sure, there's downsides to it sure. as well. I like being able to live in a city. I enjoy living in Nashville, but there's also tons of benefits to just being out in the country with no one to bother you. You can shoot, you know, a 22 off the, off the porch and just have a great time. It's, it's one of the good things about it. Yeah. It's not the, <laughs> it's not the only thing you can do right off your porch. That's, <laughs> that's not the, <laughs> that's not the only benefit, but that's definitely a key benefit. Or when I was a kid, we we would just pee outside. Yeah. And that was like the coolest thing when you're a kid is when you're like a little boy, you can just pee wherever the hell you are. And it was awesome. It, it, like there's few things that are probably cooler as as a little kid. And then you go home and you're you're peeing in the driveway and your mom's like, uh That's less cool. What are you doing? Like <laughs> you can't be doing that here. <laughs> so I used to very much appreciate it's just little things like that that you can't do. In the big old city. You know, there is something that takes you into like the next tier of adulthood when you like buy your first house. It's like, I can pee in this backyard whenever I want. It it's awesome. Good. It's awesome. It's a good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's freeing. But um, yeah, we were, we were talking, to, talking before, just before we started recording about we want to, we work with a lot of really cool companies. Yeah. And we call them BuildWit Partners. So if you ever hear us say BuildWit Partners, those are the companies we have historically worked with, with our, our creative business, BuildWit Creative, since the beginning. And we've called them, we've made that distinction from the beginning. And I don't know where I necessarily got the term. I wish I could recount what the inspiration for it was. But I mean, w- when you're a partner in a business, you, you, it's, it's just a lot deeper than a, a customer relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like the term customer because it, it, to me, it just feels uh, synthetic, transactional. It feels like if you were to call me a customer, 
makes it very clear I'm not the only one. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's just not special. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wanted a term to th that applied to the companies that we worked with that indicated it's 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 and, and set the tone for just a deeper, more meaningful relationship. And and that's that's where we are. Is we wouldn't be here today without our partners. They they quite literally have. They, they are partners in our business. They they have they have saved us. They've given us a lot of grace. They've helped us try out new products. They've, they've helped us hire more. I mean, they've done so much for us. That's well beyond just a customer type relationship. Yeah. And I think because we, we approach them first as partners with our intent to just help them however we can, they've given us a lot of wiggle room in return. I mm -hmm. think if we hadn't set that tone from the beginning of our business, I don't know if we'd still be in business right now. Because they probably, sure. everybody would have fired us by now. <laughs> well, maybe that's, maybe that's what it takes to be a build with par partner. Be pretty nice to us and let us mess up a little bit because we'll also do really good things too. We're, we try to balance it out. Yeah. I, you know, Dan and I, we find ourselves apologizing so often. But then at the same time, we don't feel that bad because we're like, well, we still are doing some really cool stuff. So it's not like we totally totally screwed up everything. Yeah. And a divorce is the only option. Um, so that's that's what we mean by saying build it partner is is really any company on build it creative, creative side that we work with. And our partners, um, they work with us from a creative standpoint. So we do a lot of uh, websites, branding, video work, photos. You'll you'll see them on my my Instagram page and you'll see them featured throughout BuildWit. Quite a bit. If you come to the office, tons of partner images all throughout the office. Our partner hard hats are in there. We're really, really excited about that. And then beyond creative now, um, we're, we do some recruiting for them. Mm -hmm. We have partner meetings where we invite uh, you know, two of, of the top leaders at each company to meet together twice a year. Our, our, our upcoming, our, our next partner meeting is uh, September in Nashville. I was bummed that, because the last one was in Arizona, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the people who lived out in Arizona definitely put in some FaceTime when you had it there. So I'm glad that this one's in Nashville because I'm really looking forward to just meeting some of the people that I've you know, emailed with in the past or talked to on the phone. You know what I mean? Just yeah, get, getting to know our partners better in that way no, it's, and it's, hearing what they have to say to each other. It's awesome, man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, beyond our company meetings, our partner meetings are really my favorite few days of yeah. the year because it's such a good group of humans. And they're also aligned with our, our mission of making the dirt world a better place. And that's the common theme between all these companies is yeah. they, they really do want to make the industry better. They really do d desire to change the way we do business and they really are doing it. Um, so we're, we have our, our partner meeting. They're helping us now develop leaders and they'll be heavily involved and build it online. And so they get a lot of cool stuff being a partner and we're trying to make it more and more valuable. Yeah. Um, one of the the things we realized last week that we've recently screwed up is that while developing build it leaders, we we pushed our team significantly. And then we Bachelorette party walking down the street, no. heading to their Airbnb. Yeah, oh my God, they have their luggage and everything. <laughs> oh yeah. They are fresh from the airport. You know, uh -huh. there's a... And they got dropped off like in the middle of the road. Well, you can throw a rock to a, an Airbnb kind of behind my house. Okay. And 
it's just for bachelorettes. Like you, you hear them screaming you know, yeah. every Friday, Saturday night, doing their stupid champagne or whatever it is mm-hmm. before they go out to Broadway. <laughs> um, we realized, you know, beyond internal issues we need to work out, we, we didn't really bring our partners along the Build It Leaders process. And we haven't been doing as much as we, we should be doing to make them feel special. And, and not only just make them feel special from just like a business standpoint, but we need to be talking about these companies more because they're kick ass and I'm just big fans of them. Yeah. So that was what Alex and I were discussing. And that's what we've been talking to our team about is how do we feature our partners on the podcast, on Dirt Talk, without, without it being like a sales pitch? Because we don't want to do that. This isn't a sales pitch. Yeah, it's not a commercial. It's not- I don't know. How, yeah. How do we bring bring value to the people that normally listen to Dirt Talk mm-hmm. while also featuring our partners? Yep. Is the the question. Now, if you, I guess, if you're listening to this and you have a good idea for us, write us at dirttalkatbuilda.com. Would love it. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. But what we kind of came to was Alex might throw a partner out there and we might just I might just tell a story on how we got started with them or what my most recent visit was like with them, or what my favorite visit was like with them or what my favorite story is in general with them mm-hmm. and just have a quick conversation. Love it. Well, can I throw one out to you? Throw one out to me. Just this, And then this is not rehearsed. No. We have 20 something now. This is um, a partner that I've been thinking about this morning. Um, can you talk about Vite a little bit? I can talk about Vite. Okay. Yeah. I think you were thinking about them because we're helping them with some internal podcasting. Yeah. Which is very exciting. I don't know if I can, I can probably talk about that, right? That's not top secret, is it? I, I, don't, I wouldn't go too much further into it. We're not going to go right too now, much quite too, yet. But, but they're, they were inquiring uh, about some audio stuff. Yeah. And Alex is our resident audio expert. Um, Vite is super, super, super cool. So I went to Minneapolis a few years ago to visit. Missy Sherber, you you go up to that part of the country, Minneapolis or just Minnesota, Wisconsin, you're going to hear about Vite. Yeah. They just have a rock solid reputation because they've been around for almost a hundred years now. When you're around almost a hundred years, you develop a pretty significant mm-hmm. reputation just by surviving in business for that long. That's super, super impressive. Um, but they've they've really developed a reputation because they're just they're just dominant. They're yeah. just a big deal up there. And they just, they look good and, and people talk about them. So I first started hearing about them when I started traveling up to Minneapolis. I'm like, man, that'd be, that'd be awesome to work with them one day. I don't know how we necessarily got in contact with them, but Tracy Parker, she is, she's, she oversees all of their marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. She got a hold of us. We presented to their executives, this and that. And we eventually did did their branding, a new website. We've done videos. And, and now we do a lot of ongoing work with uh, Vite and Vonco because they have a disposal company too. Yeah. Vite is is super unique because they're a very big company, but they they serve so many different markets. And that's why visiting them is a ton of fun mm-hmm. because you see a, a ridiculous variety of work. In one in one area, yeah. Like the first time we visited them, 
we went to a huge warehouse project. Okay. Those are going on everywhere. Warehouse grading. It's, it's just awesome to see. Yeah. Then uh, a residential subdivision project. Then we went to a commercial diving project Mm -hmm. because, oh yeah, of course they do commercial diving. Oh yeah. And it was at the, at the base of a dam and they had divers swimming around. Is that when y'all rode out on the boat? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Me and Angel were out there. Yeah. As Chell made fun of us from ashore. (laughs) Um, We saw large scale demolition, which was cool. Mm -hmm. We saw dredging. That was awesome. In Duluth. (laughs) We saw them building the new boardwalk downtown Duluth. Mm-hmm. We saw them doing um, lining work, relining work for, for I think it was sewer mm-hmm. in Duluth. Then what else did we see? Uh, they're building a campground up there. Cool. They were doing foundation. They a retreat at the campground. Uh, it's, it was very pretty. It was right on the lake. Nice. I forget. What lake is, is Duluth? Is it Superior? I There's just, a lot of lakes up there, to be fair. There's a lot of, yeah. Yeah, a lot of big lakes. A lot of great lakes. A lot of great lakes. But then also, isn't isn't mini Minnesota the land of a thousand lakes? Or is that Wisconsin? I'm yeah, really that, sorry. That too. That too. No, There's it is a lot Minnesota. of lakes in both states. Yes. And mosquitoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we saw foundations work wow. in a few different applications. More demo work. More excavation work. We went to the, the Vonco landfill, which mm-hmm. is to this day still the prettiest landfill I've ever been to. Which yeah. sounds like an oxymoron. Well, you would a think pretty landfill. that... Landfills, A, would look the same. No. That's not the case at all. No. No, there are ugly landfills and there are pretty landfills. Vonco is beautiful. Okay. And not by accident. They take a lot of pride in that place. Can I ask a quick question about landfills? Yeah. Do landfill projects typically have like a end date where they no longer fill it? Yeah. So you're permitted not based on area, but by airspace. Like how high you go. How, what vol, what volume you can consume with waste. Okay. And, and so that it is a factor of area and height. Mm-hmm. So sure, that's part of it. But yeah, you're permitted based on volume. Okay. And so you can only fill it to a specific volume that you're permitted for. You can get additional permits for additional volumes. But sometimes, um, so in theory, you should, you should you know, have a, a big piece of land that you can continue building new landfill cells on for a long period of time and get mm-hmm. new permits. And a landfill cell is, you, you kind of develop in, in cells. So they're like huge football fields that are, that are lined with a really heavy duty plastic liner. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's like, it, they basically form a gigantic trash bag at the end of the day. Yeah. They put... They put the trash in the liner, fill it up, build it up, build it up, build it up. That's why compaction is so important with yeah. landfills because you want to get as much squished in there as possible. And then when you're done with it, you put the plastic liner over the top of it so that no water can permeate it. Mm-hmm. And then you'll drill wells into it to capture oftentimes the methane. You'll use the methane to generate power with as the trash decomposes. Yep. Because the trash, and, and you can do geo, geothermal too because it, it generates wow. a lot of heat. Yeah, that makes sense. It's super cool. The problem is a lot of times people start building around landfills that have been there a while. So sometimes like I went to one in California that was, I think the largest landfill in Southern California. It was just a monster landfill with so much more room to go, Mm -hmm. but it got shut down 
prematurely because houses started popping up around it and people started complaining, even though they moved into the house with knowing there's a landfill there. Oh, well, knowing there's a landfill there. Um, and, and it eventually got shut down and that does everybody a disservice because it has to go somewhere. They haven't reduced waste at all. Yeah. It needs to go somewhere and it just raises the cost of, of waste disposal. Wow. And then there's different kinds of landfills. Sure. So there's private landfills, county landfills. The Vonco is primarily construction debris. Mm -hmm. So it's primarily like dumpsters. So you'll yep. see a dumpster outside of a house for a remodel. That's the kind of material they take there. They don't take any household waste. And it's, so it's, it's, and that's why it's a very clean landfill. It's not very smelly because household waste is the smelly stuff. Sure. So if you're walking around in that, it's pretty disgusting. A lot of goop <laughs> from household waste. Yeah, I call it trash juice. Trash juice. It's it's super <laughs> gross. <laughs> but, if, but if it's construction waste, it's like drywall, two by fours. It's more manageable and less stinky. Okay. So what you're saying is Vite does a lot of different stuff. I, yeah, I, I, I love <laughs> working with them because it's just never boring. Yeah. They do. And, and then I didn't even mention, we didn't get to see it, but their industrial cleaning, they have an industrial cleaning division where they, they work in mines and big industrial compounds to clean out tanks and equipment and all sorts of fun stuff too. It's, it's just, a, it's a really, really impressive business, really impressive business. And their equipment department, second to none. You will very, you, every single piece of equipment they have in their fleet is spotless, absolutely beautiful. And they run a lot of old excavators, like C model excavators, mm -hmm. completely spotless because their, their paint department is, they're just absolute madmen back there. Multiple people from our team have talked about going to visit them in their offices and that, like, the surrounding community, like, People who are not in the business care about Vite in a really interesting way. Like the, mm -hmm. they said that you'll see people wearing a Vite shirt or a Vite hat who don't work there, but are just like, yeah, it's just like a great local company or yeah. you know, somebody in town, which I think in some ways feels really foreign because there's just like so much noise. Like in Nashville, you know, there's like so many companies doing all kinds of stuff in every industry that it's like, that that sort of thing wouldn't happen in a big city like this. Yeah. Early, but because Vita is so special, they like stand out in that way, which I, I just find really fascinating. No, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, 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 I see a lot of construction companies and I, <laughs> I criticize a lot of construction companies and Vite for me is, is, it's just very hard to criticize because they're, they're so, so damn good at their craft. Yeah. And, um, you know, what Von Veit has done, it's, it's really impressive. And I've been fortunate enough to spend some time with Von Veit to kind of see how his mind works and just how, how meticulous and detailed that guy is, is just crazy. And you can see his attention to detail throughout the entire business. You walk into their office, it's apparent. You see their equipment, it's apparent. You see the, the ghost flames on their service trucks. Yeah. You see their, you see their job sites and how meticulous their planning is and mm -hmm. their, uh, uh, adoption of technology. It's, it's, it's a really impressive outfit. We got to have Vaughn on the podcast. It'll happen. Maybe we can go up there. <laughs> yeah. But we, we would have to go up there. Oh, yeah. 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 That would be very cool. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Uh, absolutely. With one hell of a car collection. 
For sure. He has a whole, an automotive museum at his house. <laughs> that's, that's multiple large buildings. Yeah. It's, it's not like a, a garage that he's converted to an automotive. Like it is a full on automotive museum. So cool. What a fascinating guy. Yeah. So that's Vite. Yeah. Other websites, viteusa.com, V-E-I-T-U-S-A.com. Cool. If you want to go check it out, no big deal. But another, I'm asked about Vite a lot, actually. And everybody is, they, they always say, what's that? What's that company up, up, up north? Like, is it, uh, is it Vite or yeah, yeah, Vite. And I'm like, Vite? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. I think it's pronounced Vite far more than Vite. I've corrected a lot of people on that. Sure. One. Yeah. Um, well, that was cool. I kind of liked talking about our partners. That's fun. If you have criticism for us, let me know. Because again, like we said, we're trying to figure this, figure this thing out and even just figure out this podcast. Yeah. The Monday episodes, it's still kind of an open format at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've really settled into one specific way we're going to do it. Well, we do like... Uh, you know, discussing questions that people send us. That's awesome. Please keep those questions coming. Absolutely. But it's also fun to just like talk about other parts of the business. Cause you know what this podcast is called? Dirt talk. Dirt talk. Talking about dirt. Uh, I feel like that's a great segue for some questions. We've got some questions. And again, I don't think I've really talked about the skid steer all that much, but we can talk about it another time. Sure. You know, some people did like to make fun of the skid steer, but yeah, they're no fun. Anyway. Those are just the people I don't want to talk to ever. We don't need them. Because if you, if you can't see the humor in a, a skid steer that looks like a cow, I don't want to be friends with you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair, that's a fair judgment. Uh, it's a good litmus test. Yep. Cool. All right. Well, first question is from Brandon. Why do the older people in construction slash trades always push younger folk away from it? And then complain that no one's getting into construction slash trades. It baffles me to hear that. <laughs> That's a super good question. So I don't, um, first, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush here. Sure, sure. I know so many quote unquote old timers. Sorry, Herb Sargent. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, that's why I'm using quotes. Okay. That are some of the best advocates Greatest advocates for getting younger people into the trades. You're not including him in what you're about to say. <laughs> no, no. I mean, he has a whole, he created a whole sergeant academy to pull kids out of high school into the trades yeah. themselves. It's super amazing what they do. And we've talked about it a little bit. So there are a lot of remarkable people out there that have been in the industry a very long time that are championing this effort. Yeah. <sighs> That said, there there is a certain version of person who probably doesn't. There, and it it is so ironic. Yeah, people they do. I think they push people away from the industry because I think it's indicative of a lot of the the problems in the industry. Um, if it was a great place to work all the time, I think they'd be pretty stoked to to bring people in the industry. And I do want to say, I feel like this is kind of the minority. I do, and it's easy to, it, they stand out though because it's so absurd because they do complain about, they, they do push them away and then they complain about it. Well, it's, so a, it's, it's easy a, to fixate on it. It's a really broad, or it's a, a broader issue than just this of, you know, the loudest, most annoying people are often the minority, but because they're the yeah. loudest. Correct. They're 
they're being forced to being talked about? I think I think it's one of those things because I haven't because a, a lot of the old timers are incredibly proud, but I I have seen this, and I I think it's just it's indicative of of the issues we have in the industry. They they haven't been treated all that well. It's been it's been tough. Mm-hmm. It's beat the hell out of them. They haven't always had the right equipment, for example. So yeah, their bodies are completely shot. They maybe it's caused a lot of damage in their personal lives. Maybe they're divorced. Yeah. Maybe they're divorced three times. Maybe they're they they've you know struggled with addiction. Maybe their kids don't talk to them because they've been away for a long time. I think it's I think it's a lot of a lot of that is. It's just because they haven't lived a a great life in the industry. Um, and so I think we need to solve some of those problems. We need to make it more sustainable. I was just talking to a guy at um, Thompson Machinery yesterday, Larry. He runs the, he's the, he's the wizard in the 305 excavator with the power washer at the yeah, end of it. That was awesome. The internet loves that thing or says it's really stupid, of course, because it's the internet. Yeah. And how, how could you just not appreciate a 305 with a hose on the end of it? It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to me about, yeah, I saw you guys shared this on Instagram and it blew up and I was making some, you know, commenting on some of these people that, that were calling me lazy. And they were saying, man, you know, you know, that's just the lazy way to do it. And he's like, I did that. I held that hose for seven years. Do you, do you know how physically demanding that is? And do you know what it did to my body and just, just messed up my knees and my back? And it's brutal. Like that level of water mm-hmm. pressure and, and you having to fight against that damn thing while it's hot, while it's cold, while it's sunny, you're out in the elements every single day, full shift, every single, that's brutal. That's brutal. And so they came up with a better way to do it. That's way more enjoyable for Larry now. Now he can sit in a machine and wash off equipment even better than before because now he has a machine to help him do it. You know, it's the exact same approach why they started inventing machines in the first place. You know, like maybe people just want to do all jobs at all times, all excavation jobs with shovels. Just hand shovels, do the whole job by yourself. I, 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 I get the pride. I, sure. I, I respect the pride. I think that's one of the best aspects about this industry is people are proud, but they're, they have to, they have to check their damn egos too, because yeah. it's like, Hey, if there's a better way to do something that doesn't beat the hell out of this guy's body, that's probably the better way to go. And that running a 305 with the power washing at the end of it, that's way more exciting for me as a 26 year old than standing there with the hose all day. Let me tell you, that's way more fun. It, yeah, it looks more fun. <laughs> it's awesome. Awesome. I mean, just just pressure washing by hand is awesome. Imagine doing it like from an excavator. Yeah. So to answer the original question, why do those, does that group of people do that? I think it's because um, maybe they live with regrets, but I, I think it's because the industry hasn't always treated them well. Yeah. And well, that's... And, 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 like someone, someone gave me shit for it the other day online. They say we just paint this um, unreasonable picture of of the industry, and I don't agree with that at all. I've made a a huge effort to to talk about the downsides because that's that's our mission. Our mission is to make the dirt world a better place. So they 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 were saying you just you just make it all you know look all badass and this and that. And I like yeah, our pictures are cool and yeah, 
it is a cool industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the dirt world, but also we're not trying to paint an overly rosy picture because it's really messed up in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's really unsustainable. Yeah, we can't just mandate 80 hour work weeks. Yeah, we can't just move people all over the country whenever the hell we please. Yeah, we can't just beat the hell out of people's bodies. We we have to change a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just uh these people are just an indication of that of that need for doing things a little bit better. Because in a perfect world, they should be the best spokespeople for the industry. Yeah. They should be saying, I've been here for 40 years and this was awesome. And I want my kids to do it too. When, when, these, when these people that are in the trades, they say they don't want their kids doing it, it really bums me out because that shows how much need for improvement there really is. Yeah. Like in a vacuum, this kind of work shouldn't lead to that opinion. No. And yet just through, you know, however think however the cookie crumbled, you know, how whatever breaks happened that by the end of their career they say, I don't want my kids part of this. Like that that's like like you're saying, that's a sign of a, a broader problem. Yeah. And in a negative way. It was uh but like my dad, he didn't want me to be a lawyer because he knew I would hate being a lawyer. But that's not to say he didn't enjoy his job. He loved his job. Because he would, he would probably be fine telling somebody else they'd love being a lawyer if they were exactly. somebody that would love being a lawyer. Yeah. So there's there's that balance too. But I think generally speaking, people should say, yeah, this is an awesome career. And yeah, I, if my kids got into it, I'd be pretty stoked Yeah, if they wanted to. Well, you know, that goes into our uh, mission of trying to make the dirt world a better place. We're trying. We're trying. Uh, thanks, Brendan. Thanks for reaching out. Sorry for calling you old, Herb. It's nothing against you, Herb. I know he listens to this. I'm sure I'll get a text (laughs) message after this goes out into the world. Uh, Next question is from Joel. He says, as a full-time general contractor slash dirt mover and a recently quit farming farmer and a loyal listener of the podcast, I've spent many an hour thinking about the parallels the dirt world has with the agriculture world. Many of the things you've talked about are similar challenges in both fields. That's kind of a pun. By the I way. was going to say, was that <laughs> pun intended? Uh, I like it. Uh, with your commitment to clients and long-term plan to not have any direct competitors in your portfolio, have you ever pondered the possibility of branching out and trying to make the ag world a better place? I mean, ag does move more dirt every year than the dirt world, just less distance. Just thoughts I have while swinging dirt. Uh, a great thought and something I've pondered quite a bit about and I'm asked all the time internally and externally. <clears throat> The thing is, there's a lot of value to us really focusing on on a single industry. Mm-hmm. So sure, there are a lot of similarities to farming and, and earth moving because it is all a lot is earth moving at the end of the day, but there's a ton of nuances to it. Yeah. And a guy that that moves dirt for a living does not necessarily relate to a farmer in a lot of ways. And it's it it's a different language in a lot of ways. And it's 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 a lot more advanced in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think farming from a technological standpoint, not from like a California strawberry fields, but from like a wheat and corn standpoint, yeah. it is crazy how advanced it is these days. Those combines and and the GMO corn, it wild fertilizer, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but there's just, there's inherent value in us focusing exclusively on the dirt world. That gives us uh, a massive competitive edge. edge. I, I love the dirt world. I don't love farming as much. Sure. I just just naturally not attracted to farming. I'm attracted to just 
excavators hogging dirt or building stuff. That's just what I enjoy. So yeah. that's why I focused on on this industry first. And until we we absolutely dominate the dirt world, I don't want to look anywhere else. And that's abroad, outside the United States, and that's different industries. I think this model can apply to a lot of other industries, but until we absolutely clean house in the dirt world, I don't want to think about going anywhere else. You know, when we start farm wit could be a good one. Farm wit, intermodal wit, <laughs> steel wit. Shipping wit. Yeah, there's a a lot of different par- and even um even the airlines, I see a lot of parallels with 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 pilots and, and their workforce. They're having yeah. huge workforce problems right now and it's only starting. Um, there's there's uh you, you could probably draw some parallels to to food service, cooking and and all sorts of different industries. But until we're in a really solid spot with the dirt world, I just don't want to think anywhere else. And I've told other people that. I'm like, hey, yeah. go take our model and go apply to farming because we don't want to be the ones to do it. Well, it's not like what we're working on and or how we work on these things is a secret. No, go take our whole playbook. Go and apply it to farming. Why not? Yeah. It would work. Probably. You're nothing's, not wrong. nothing's guaranteed, but yeah, we're just we're just not the people for it. We're 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 dirt world people and we're gonna we're gonna stick to it. Yep. Oh well, thanks, Joel. Uh, last question. This is from Fletcher. How was the build with summer meeting? Also, when are you going to put the earth mover to work? Yeah, great question. Summer meeting was fantastic. Mm-hmm. We 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 talked a lot about yeah. it on the last episode. So I don't know if we need to get too far into it. It was again. awesome, is all to say. It was awesome. Best group of people I've ever worked with, hands down. I'm 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 obviously biased, but and 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 young, so I haven't worked with that many groups of people, so I have a limited sample size. Yeah. But within that limited sample size, ten out of ten, very 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 excited to be with those people. Very excited for to have our our office coming together, have everybody working out of there pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Now, more importantly, the Earth Mover, the uh, the skid steer we bought. If you haven't been paying attention. We bought a 259 D3. It's a compact track loader, technically for for you technical engineering folks out there. Uh, I call everything just skid steers. It's simple. It's a layman term. I'm not going to really differentiate between compact track loader and skid steer with my mom. It's just <laughs> it's just a skid steer. Yeah. I don't need to make it more complicated than it than it should be. Um, so yeah, we got a 259 D3. We got it painted white at the factory which was neat. I got to see it at the factory. <laughs> which was neat. <laughs> uh, and then someone who actually, our designer, Molly Abbott, she just jokingly many months ago after I'd ordered it said, why don't you, why don't you put cow spots on it? That'd be so funny. And I kind of just brushed it off. I'm like, yeah, that, that would be funny, but um, now we're not going to do that. And then I chewed on it a little bit more and I did think that it would be very funny. And I kind of wanted to rile people up and I wanted people talking about our skid steer. So it's funny, but it's also kind of fun. Like those yeah. are two separate things. Oh, no, I, I, I think it really embodies our business too. We don't we, lighten up. We have, yeah, that's one of our values, lighten up. We don't take ourselves all that seriously. And I think that's one of, that's a core problem in this industry. I feel like everybody, some of these people, they take themselves so seriously. It's just like, hey, you can still be safe and productive and have fun. We don't all need to be miserable assholes here. And so it's my, it's just my way of uh, kind of 
poking fun at the, the serious people in this industry and saying, just lighten up, you know? And I like that people are talking about the, the earth mover. And in addition to that, it's also a fully functioning piece of machinery. Yeah, so it's a fully functioning piece of machinery. What am I going to do with it? I really don't know. Um, me and Eric Jumper, I think Eric, he's moving here in a few weeks. I had, I had heard some rumors that that might be happening. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so Eric... He doesn't travel very much. Or anything, you know? <laughs> Between me and Eric, we'll probably just do weekend grading jobs. For fun? For fun, yeah. I'm going to go down to Rosso's new office tomorrow. He has a big... Dylan has a big pile of dirt out back that he said I can go play in. So I'm going to go try to get some practice. Someone said the other day, I put a video on, on Instagram. They were like, yeah, the operator sucks. Or a bunch of people said that. I'm like, yeah, yep, the operator does suck. That's why I need to practice. So I've been trying to find places to practice before I actually go take on. What have you work. been doing the last three years? Oh, not being a full-time operator. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Not my <laughs> full-time job. But uh, screw you because I enjoy it and I can do whatever I want. There you go. And that was like, there was, there's a lot of legitimate business reasons for the skid steer. A lot of like very sound business reasons, but ultimately it comes down to, I just wanted a damn skid steer. I have busted my ass for quite a few years now. I got to a point where I could get one. I got one. Also, Aaron has been playing with a toy skid steer the entire time we've been. Entire uh, time. Yeah. It's a 242D with a set of forks on it. Pretty solid. Mine's a lot better looking though because mine is cow themed and this is just cat yellow. Yeah. Yawn. Um, there is a case skid steer sitting across the street from my house right now. <sighs> yeah. It's still just not a cow skid steer. It's not. It's not the same. Also, I it did. It was open cap too. <laughs> just sitting there. As Eric Jumper says, that builds character. Yep. I, uh, I did really, really find great joy in peeling the stickers off that machine too. Because mm-hmm. I, I I've been vocal about it. I just do not like the new cat stickers. I cannot stand them. And I don't understand why companies keep the equipment branding on their machines anyway when it's their machine. I think they should take every sticker off every single machine and make it their company machine from a branding standpoint. Makes a lot more sense to me. So it's not even that... Even if I liked the cat stickers, I would have taken them all off anyway. Does Blunt leave the cat stickers on? They do. Okay. Some of them. Some of them. But like on an excavator, for example, they'll take the sticker off the back and brand it Blunt. Yeah. On the counterweight, Rosso does the same thing. Okay. Um, a lot of our partners do that nowadays, brand the counterweight. But they, the, the manufacturers, they take the best damn real estate, like the counterweight on an excavator, and slap their logo on it. Come on. Get out of here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my brand on there. Yeah, it's like if I own it, I'm taking that off yeah. now. And just wait, we're gonna be getting an excavator soon. It'll happen. Yeah. So that's what we're gonna be doing with Skitster. Just messing around with it. Yep. Cool. And I'll just I'll just pull it pull it behind my truck whenever I go on first dates. <laughs> like hey, we've, like hey we've baby, about. you wanna yeah. ride in the back? <laughs> um well thanks for reaching out, Fletcher. Appreciate it. Um, Aaron? I think that was a podcast, my guy. That's a podcast. I think Alex is ready for nap time after this week. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get him out of here. If you have questions, comments, concerns, um, specific inquiries about our new grading business, Build It Excavating Grading, thanks to the Earth Mover, give us a shout at dirttalk at buildwit.com. We would love to hear from you. Yep. 
appreciate always appreciate the emails thanks y'all and with that we'll see you on the next episode so until then until then stay dirty stay dirty everybody <laughs>